Well, we're hearing about a new COVID vaccine that's coming out. And of course, it's that time of year where you hear about the flu vaccination. Now they're talking about RSV and these uh, illnesses that we should uh, routinely, I guess, get uh, vaccinated against. And joining us now is Dr. Lorna Gober. Great to get to know you, Dr. Gober. You're the uh, the uh, chief medical officer now here at Peace Health uh, St. Joseph Medical Center, right? Yes, good to meet you too. Yeah, good to I'm have you. To yeah, and uh, and I guess welcome. We haven't had a ch- chance to talk to you yet, so uh, it's great to have you on. Um, and we're talking about vaccines. And before we get into specifics, I guess what what is your take on vaccination in general? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. how do you feel about? Because people are skeptical about even having their kids vaccinated. And what 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 are your feelings? Yeah, uh, there there is some skepticism, and definitely it, we hear from folks uh, that when people come to me and ask me specifically if I would recommend uh, getting vaccinated, I I do I recommend. Uh, and the interesting and exciting thing about this year in particular is the first year we've had the three vaccines, right? So for RSV flu, COVID, this is really the first time in our history we've been able to enter into fall and winter and this respiratory virus season with the ability to prepare ourselves better. I see the vaccines as a way to really reduce our risk of severe illness, as well as reducing our risk of hospitalization um, and harm to others in our community, whether they be older folks, little kids, babies, uh, and folks with underlying health disease. Are vaccines safe? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, from from all of the, the studies that we've looked at so far, uh, the overwhelming evidence is yes, they're safe. I don't have hesitation when I recommend these vaccines to any of my closest friends or distant patients. So let's talk about the COVID vaccine. And um, I, I, I've been vaccinated. I've been boosted. Um, now there's a new vaccination that's coming out. And I understand it's not so much a booster as, as a new vaccine. Is that right? Yes. And you're the first person I've heard uh, use that terminology. And, and I appreciate that. I think there's when we use the term booster, we think, oh, well, I didn't have the other one. So maybe I can't get this one. Um, and, and that's a misconception. This is a new vaccine. It's aimed at um, a particular variant that was most prevalent uh, right up until now. We know right now that with the strains we're seeing circulating, this vaccine has good coverage for us. So I take it you recommend people get this and and pretty much any yeah. age or? Yeah, great question. It, it does have a universal recommendation for anyone six months and older. Okay. And also for pregnant women or thinking about becoming pregnant, uh, this is another way to protect yourself. And what about RSV? This is something that seems to be kind of new all of a sudden that that sprung up. Yeah. um, Should just older folks think about getting that vaccine or what are your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the vaccine is recommended for folks who are 60 years old and older. There is a 
a medication, if you will, that can be given in shop form to kids um, and particularly our, our youngest members of our community. Um, that I, I definitely would recommend as well. People can talk with their family doctors, pediatricians, primary care providers um, about their kiddos and whether or not they're eligible. And then so the, the, the quote unquote vaccine yeah. is um, is for the adults 60 and older. OK, but and, and it's it can be a pretty serious illness, right? Yes, it can. People might think, oh, that's just a cold. But if you're 60 years old and older, it actually can cause severe disease, hospitalization and even death. Um, and the other piece about all of this, when I think about these ways to reduce illness, it, it, I think about our larger community and RSV is one of the highest causes of death in in infants. Um, and so that's a big deal. If if you have the ability to reduce um, illness in yourself, that also means you're less likely to give that illness to your young grandchild, for instance. So there are many ways as a community we can take care of each other. And, uh, and uh, if I can just opine a little bit here that seems to be it seems to be a point when i have discussions with people that a point that's missed oftentimes people think about myself and me getting the mm -hmm. vaccine and oh, i'm mm -hmm. healthy i eat well i don't feel like i'm in danger from this illness but just the issue of mm -hmm. being able to spread it even if you don't show symptoms to have even exactly. covid and, and to to give it to exactly. someone else yeah exactly what about the yeah. flu vaccine? Is that um, it, does that look like it'll be effective this year? We sometimes hear it has a has a, a you know a, a mixed track record, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So each year, each year, vaccine makers try to look halfway you know around the globe, see what's circulating, and then make the vaccine um, trying to cover us as best as possible for what they predict we will see in our communities. And so far this year, it looks like the flu shot is going to be a good match. Okay. What about, um, and back to COVID, I guess, um, we, I still hear, uh, people talking about some of these alternative, um, uh, alternatives people were turning to or touting, uh, during the pandemic, they, uh, are still, Still committed to some of these, uh, uh, you know, other drugs that are aimed at other issues that um, are have claims that they're effective against COVID. Any truth to those? Uh, you know, I, what what do you say? I guess to someone who might say, um, you know, I I I tried this uh, the ivermectin; it worked for me. Right, right. We still have not seen that too bear out in in studies so i would not recommend that as a treatment we do thankfully have some treatments for covid for instance um, so whether those be paxlovid or remdesivir there are thankfully some options um, again those are are best used if they're started within five days of a person showing symptoms uh, or testing positive. So that's an important point. Uh, if people become ill and test positive, we really want them to be in touch with the medical community so that we can take care of them and do do what we can, uh, what, what we have to offer 
and have seen to be effective in reducing the risk of severe disease and hospitalization and death. So is that a good so idea? Don't shy away. Okay. Come, come talk to us. Well, I just in my own personal I, uh, experience, I tested positive for uh, the COVID virus last, it was just before the, the holidays last year. And I never really felt symptoms. I My daughter came home from high school feeling sick and with a cold. And I thought, well, I'll just test myself. And lo and behold, I tested positive. She was negative, but uh, I never really felt symptoms. And I contacted my doctor's office and asked, you know, should I have any sort of treatment for this? And they, they told me no, that I didn't really fit Mm -hmm. the, uh, the profile, but I guess, is that the right thing to do? Whether you, you know, feeling symptoms or not contact your health provider. Yeah. I I agree completely. Contacting your health provider, having a conversation about your specific situation, what your they will know your underlying illnesses or chronic diseases, and whether or not you are a candidate for some of the treatments that would help to keep you healthy. All right. And then um, one other thing, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because I hear this too, that uh, that the 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 promotion of vaccines like the COVID vaccine by the medical community. It's, it's because that, uh, you know, doctors are that they if they don't promote these and they, and they, and do not, uh, and then they don't, or, and if they do promote some of these other alternatives that we spoke about earlier, that they're excommunicated, they lose their licenses, that they're somehow punished by the medical community for, for taking that stance. And I mean, is there any truth to that? Ah, not in my experience. Okay. I've never seen or heard of that. Um, you know, having been a doctor for many years, what I find is most effective is the direct conversation doctor to patient and patient to doctor. It's shared decision making. You know, we have a lot of background knowledge, and we bring that to the conversation, hopefully with big giant ears to listen to you about what you care about, what you want for your health, and then that shared decision-making. Uh, All right. So I, but I, I've not heard about uh, doctors being sort of excommunicated. Okay. All right. <laughs> and uh, what about, uh, real quick before we wrap up, how, how, how have you folks been, well, have you been seeing a, a surge in COVID cases coming through the doors there at Peace Health? Mm-hmm. Our, our numbers have been going up definitely August and into September. Um, we've gone back to our all patient care areas. We are masking and asking visitors to mask if they're entering a patient room. Uh, so we are definitely seeing more COVID um, here at the hospital. We're seeing more in our community. I think most of us now have in that inner circle of connection, one or two folks we know who've recently had COVID. So it's out there in higher numbers right now. All right. Something to to not forget. It hasn't left us. That's for sure. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, Dr. Lorna Gober, it's great to talk with you uh, and and, uh, hope to check in with you regularly because this is an ongoing issue. Good to talk to you too. Yeah. Good to talk to you too, Joe. Thank you.